The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the Doyle returns this week to a Sinn Féin party getting stronger, it would appear. Uh, some moving and shifting in Fine Gael, re-wetting fast becoming a contentious topic in government and so much more. I'm joined by the editor of the Business Post, uh, Danny McConnell. Danny, good morning. Uh, Danny, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, it's a, it's a busy time in politics as they struggle towards uh, the summer recess and I'm sure they'll be glad of it. Uh, what are the major talking points? Well, at the moment, Pat, I suppose the political system on mass is gearing up uh, to the publication of the new Boundary Commission report, which has to go through the doll uh, before the summer recess. And essentially, this will give effect to the increased number of doll constituencies and also the increased number of TDs. And obviously, that has a material impact on the chances of every politician uh, in terms of how they will, uh, I suppose, you know, fare in terms of going before the public next time around. So that, you know, in the background, it's certainly looming large in everybody's consciousness. In terms of the, the more pressing matters, obviously, today, the Committee on Assisted Dying is to hold its first public meeting today. And this is a, a long-awaited committee. This has been something that was first initially championed by John Halligan when he was an opposition TD. And then uh, you might remember Gino Kenny in the previous doll took up the cudgels uh, with his own Dying with Dignity bill. And this was something that was backed uh, very publicly by Vicky Phelan, uh, the campaigner. Um, you know, this is the idea of allowing people who are terminally ill to, I suppose, die with a sense of dignity rather than having to kind of both suffer uh, interminably before before they pass away. So this is going to be quite controversial. You, the idea as well, Pat, that that's obviously garnering some interest in the fact that the chairman of the committee is a noted conservative, Michael Healy Ray. Um, <clears throat> now, he was selected on the, the, the Hunt system that basically is it's a system that guarantees every group in Leicester House the chairmanship and, and ultimately just by a simple rosa, he, he got this yeah. particular chairmanship. But there is, um, I suppose, there is... Uh, I suppose a lot of interest in how he will chair this committee given yeah. his own very he, he strong views and relationship. Yeah. He was on breakfast this morning and he was giving nothing, nothing away but he did indicate the, his thinking on the Eighth Amendment at the time of that. He was uh, against uh, the, the reforms and uh, said he stuck to his guns even though it might not have been the popular thing to do uh, because uh, there was uh, after the referendum an indication that the public uh, went one way and uh, people like himself uh, went another but he respectfully disagreed Read, and he also offers respect to people irrespective of their views on that committee, that everyone's voice would be heard. But it's unlikely we'll get any kind of a recommendation from that committee. Well, it will be very interesting to see because there are noted very, there are very, there are some very strong conservative voices in relation to uh, uh, previous issues like the Eighth Amendment and marriage equality on the committee. Uh, um, Deputy Healy Ray and Senator Roland Mullen are among them. But you also have some you know, liberal lions essentially on, on, on that committee as well. Obviously, Gino Kenny is on there, Labour's Anne Hoey, Fiona McLaughlin, Fiona O'Loughlin. So there, there's likely, and Lynn Roman, so there are likely to be quite a, a heavy ding dong over the key issues. Michael Healy Ray, to, to give him fair, he's an he absolutely very courteous TD and he does afford everybody, everybody even if they disagree with him, uh, you know, he is always generally very respectful and courteous in his dealings with him. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, handles. You know the, the more tense exchanges at the committee. What will also be very interesting to see is whether or not there's any repeat of the, the sort of showboating we got during the Eighth Amendment uh, committee. There were a lot of obviously very uh, there were a lot of heated exchanges between the then chair of the committee, Catherine Noon, and the likes of Matty McGrath and others who took a very you know diametrically opposed view 
to the, I suppose, okay. the, 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 now, the, the, the prevailing view. Two other issues. One is uh, Sinn Féin, you know, prepping for a possible uh, lead, leading role in forming the next government. Uh, Mary Mac- Lou MacDonald being equivocal about attending commemorations of dead IRA uh, volunteers. Um, also softening uh, the stance on the special criminal court, softening their stance on uh, on Europe. So they're morphing into something that might be acceptable to all sides, including big business in the Docklands, um, the the powers that be in Europe, and the general public. It's something quite incredible to kind of watch it in uh, before your eyes as it's happening. I mean, if you know, people like yourself, myself, Pat, who are around the political system quite a while, will know the kind of previous stance that Sinn Féin has offered on issues like wealth taxes, you know, attacking or, you know, kind of holding large businesses, et cetera, like that to, to account. And obviously their, their well-trodden stance on the special criminal court is, you know, uh, was, was consistent year after year when the, when the doll came to vote on it. And what we're seeing is the party clearly positioning itself as much in the centre ground as it possibly can. And we've seen, uh, you know, a, a raft now of individual policy changes uh, from Sinn Féin. You know, they don't necessarily do it all in one quick step or one fell swoop. They do it in stages so they will... I suppose, drop their opposition to something in the first instance before kind of supporting it, uh, take a neutral position ultimately to uh, allow themselves straddle, um, you know, kind of a more benign view or more centrist view um, heading into that next election. But it's very clear that, the, you know, poll after poll, you know, showing Sinn Féin anywhere between the low 30s and the mid 30s. And we now have Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, you know, their, their combined support is in around where Sinn Féin finds themselves. Well, without question, Sinn Féin is on course to be the lead party. And what is clearly making a decision, a pragmatic decision to do, is try and appeal and capitalise uh, on on on, the, on that growing support. The big difficulty for the party, though, is they you know the more they rush into the centre ground, the more they open themselves to the charge that they're selling out for the sake of power from their traditional hardline base. Um, and it would be very interesting to see how they manage that transition going. You know, you know, the the election has been speculated as as the back end of next year. So you have the local Europeans to happen first. Um, and then we'll see what happens then. But I mean, if they continue in the way they're going, uh, there'll be not only a, uh, a sheet of paper between Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, it'll be very hard to distinguish Sinn Féin from the other two as well. Uh, all right. And, and finally, uh, Liev Radker, uh, much speculation at the weekend about his position as leader of uh, Fianna Gael. Um, what do you make of it? Is it a silly season uh, speculation or is there more to it? I think there's more to it. Uh, I think my colleague Daniel Murray did, did a kind of a pretty robust job in, in, in kind of digging in to the state of play within Fine Gael. And I think what, what's notable, Pat, is, you know, Leo Varagher took the office in, of Taoiseach in 2017 with great gusto and he had a great, I suppose, volley of support in terms of acolytes around him, uh, the likes of Owen Murphy, John Paul Phelan, uh, Brendan, Brendan Griffin and so on, uh, all of which have either decided to depart or have already departed. So he, he cuts a more lonely and, a, and kind of aloof figure now than he did before. Also, the big promise of Leo Varadkar at that time was that he would deliver Fine Gael to electoral nirvana in terms of big, you know, seat wins. Look, he's lost two elections in a row, uh, and, and ultimately his record is, is is dubious, you know, when it comes to electoral success. Because uh, not only has he lost the two general elections, he's lost five by elections and had a very kind of middling to kind of slightly positive local and European elections in 2019. So um, he has a point to prove in relation to his own electoral record. The big difficulty for Fine Gael and Leo Varadkar is now. They're 12 years in office. They're, the public is definitely, you know, there is a sense of fatigue, I think, uh, with them, particularly on the issues of health and housing. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of TDs, as they tend to do coming into when we're in now in the second half of the electoral cycle in terms of this dull term, um, people are beginning to look and fear for their own seats and, and brought it, bring it back to the kind of considerations around the Boundary Commission, as I mentioned at the start. Um, it, all of this is sort of feeding into a slightly, I won't say frenetic, 
uh, kind of sense. But there is a kind of a the, you know the mutterings are increasing, All right. and, and already people are looking towards the next the next generation. Simon Harrison and Helen McEntee. Daniel McConnell, editor of the Business Post. Thank you very. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Very much.